Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats, and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Peter Schultz guides companies to help change their behaviours towards positive, planet-friendly behaviours. His work is critical given the state of the world and he lives in Virginia in the USA. Also, he's an incredibly extraordinary athlete and channels a lot of his time and energy into that. This is Peter's second story. Welcome back to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. And we're here again with Peter Schultz. And he's here with his second story this week. We had a great story last week from Peter, but I can't wait to hear his second story. So welcome back, Peter, all the way from Reston, USA, and Virginia, I believe. And so we're welcoming him here today. So Peter, what is your second story about? Well, I called it I wanted to get paid to go camping, but I became a climate scientist instead. Well, that's a twist, isn't it? So go ahead. Tell us what your story is about. Well, I wanted to be a geologist and I thought that, wow, what a great job. You know, you're out there in the field and you're studying rocks and thinking deep thoughts about the history of the earth and and you get paid to go camping. I mean, like, how good would that be? And I'd probably do a little fishing on the side in the evening and it'd be fabulous. I went and got a, a bachelor's degree in geology and realized that originally what I had thought that I wanted to do, I probably didn't want to do it, at least not the way that I was being taught in school. So I went to this, to a particular geology school called Virginia Tech. And I actually chose that school maybe more for its running program than for its geology program. So pro tip, if you're going to school, go to school, don't, don't go and don't pick a school for its running program. That's a good so tip. I ended up looking through a microscope for uh, much of four years, which like that wasn't geology to me. Like geology was like being outside. And so anyway, I, I needed a change of course. So I did. <laughs> So how did you feel when you realized you were moving away from geology and towards a, another career? I felt good. Life kind of sort of moves incrementally sometimes. Sometimes life is like revolutionary. Sometimes it's evolutionary. So I went to graduate school to study geoscience, which sure sounds a lot like geology. Yeah, that's to but, me, if you don't know. <laughs> and yeah, um, but I went there to, um, and again, kind of evolutionary, not revolutionary. I, I went to study paleoclimate, uh -huh. um, which I thought would be really interesting. Uh, so it's kind of like geology and climate change, which I was starting to learn about. People were starting to sort of get some awareness of climate change. I thought, wow, that's that's kind of cool. So I ended up um, studying with a guy named Eric Barron. I was his second graduate student. Um, fast forward 20 years, um, Eric became the president of Florida State University, which is one of the nation's largest universities. And then he came back to Penn State to become the president of um, Penn State University. And it's, um, yeah, Penn State, I don't know if it's the, it's probably not the, the United States largest university, but it's one of the largest. They say that something like one in a thousand people in the United States went to Penn State. I'm one of them. Wow. Anyway, studied with him. I 
realized that I really didn't want to study past climates, that I wanted to study future climates. And I, I got into modeling, not just because of my good looks, but like computer modeling and looking at simulations of the future climate and trying to understand what that means for people on earth. So, so I ended up just spending my time in graduate school in a closet running computer simulations and um, being really sort of gratified doing that. And that ended up sort of launching my career in, in climate change. And, and now I'm a climate change consultant and I help organizations and people all around the world understand the risks from climate change and what they can do to adapt to climate change. So that sounds like a pretty, pretty big career that you've got going on there. How do you feel about that current career, helping organisations understand the risk of climate change? I work with a good group of people who are sort of similarly committed to, I guess, trying to save the planet. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what, what drives us. I, I do think that climate change is an existential threat to us and... I'm proud to be able to play a small part. And, you know, in particular, the work that we do is helping the people who are most vulnerable to climate change be uh, more able to, to deal with climate change. And so whether that means, uh, you know, if, if it's a, a woman in Africa or a poor person in um, Southeast Asia or someone that lives you know, on a vulnerable coastline in the United States, being able to help those people prepare for climate change in ways that they wouldn't have sort of thought to prepare in the absence of any information about how climate may be changing. That's that's pretty gratifying to, to be able to do. So it sounds like you're really part of the big picture in helping those small parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, we we sort of, we connect this sort of information about the planet to people's lives and help them sort of understand how to cope with it. So for example, tomorrow night, I'll be on a call with a major sports apparel company thinking about how helping them think through how their labor force um, who make a fraction of the money that I make, you know, and are living paycheck to paycheck, how climate change might affect them and how this major apparel company um, might be able to better support its employees going forward. So yeah, I, I feel good about that work or some other work that we just finished with a, an investor. Um, their mission as an investor is to make investments in water projects in developing countries and um, we're helping them understand how climate change might affect those investments and how they might be able to better support the places where they're trying to bring water. So, yeah, that stuff yeah. that feels good to it be does. able to do. Are you from a company that wants to connect with thought leaders from across the globe featured on the Love Your Life, Tell Your Story podcast? Email Kathleen at KathleenMarriott.com.au. Your beliefs about climate change, can you exp explain to us how you came from a geologist and wanting to go camping and now you're impacting companies, how they're changing, how they do business. Can you tell, tell us how your beliefs are, work to expand on climate change and help the planet? We, we try to take science-based approach and, um, you know, it's like... I have 
things that I believe in and there are things that I kind of know. And yeah, they're like philosophers that say, well, there's, there's no real facts. How to feel like there's one plus one equals two. Um, there are some facts in, in yeah. the world that I just call facts they are kind of hard to dispute. And um, the science behind climate change is there are a set of facts that lead us to the conclusions that the earth is the earth's climate is changing and it's affecting people in, in real ways. It's affecting ecosystems in real ways. And it's not my job really to try to convince people of that. Fortunately, other people are working on that challenge. My, my job is to uh, work with people who are willing to hire our company um, to um, help them address the, the challenges associated with climate change. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that, like, I don't want to come off as like holier than thou because I am definitely not holier than thou. <laughs> um, you know, I, I live a highly flawed um, sort of life. Um, on the one hand, I'm, I'm an environmentalist. And on the other hand, I don't know, I have a condominium in Bend, Oregon, and I get on an airplane and fly there. And that, you know, puts greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and makes the the climate warmer. And I do pay for offsets to, to those emissions, but still that's not the same as like not getting in that airplane. Or another example is like, Right after um, my bachelor's degree, um, between my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, I went and worked for a place called uh, Hercules Chemical Company. And there I was, they just hired me. I was working on a swing shift. It's probably the worst job I've ever had. <laughs> and I was cleaning out these big um, reaction vessels, chemical reaction vessels, where they had just heated up this these polymers and it was just a big mess. And so the solution that they had for us chemical technicians to clean these things out was they had these big blue um, 55 gallon drums of something called a chlorofluorocarbon which i had no idea what a chlorofluorocarbon was when I mean, we take these 55 gallon drums of cfc's pour them into the reaction vessels heat them up and then pour the stuff down the drain so we learned like kind of around the time that I was doing this job, the scientific community realized that um, there was a hole in the ozone layer that was forming in, in polar regions. And it was largely caused by um, chlorofluorocarbons. It, this is a human created chemical and it gets up into the upper atmosphere and it blocks this layer that, or it ruins this layer that blocks the sun's radiation, which affects people and organisms. So single-handedly i may have done more damage to the ozone hole than just about anybody alive um because i had no idea what i was doing and i would have never done that i mean now nowadays in the united states if you have a, a repair to a refrigerator done and you have like that amount of chlorofluorocarbon that needs to be replaced it needs to be done by a certified technician and they go through all these sort of regulatory hurdles. And there I was with multiple 55 gallon barrels of this stuff, just cleaning out these vessels and dumping it down the drain. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty highly flawed. Yeah. It sounds like um, that you made conscious choices to make some understanding of what was happening for the climate in the future. And so that was part of your education to come to terms with what we were all doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like when I'm, when I'm aware of it, I'm able to make better choices and I do have faith in awareness, helping us make better choices. I mean, Kathleen, the story that we were talking about um, in the last episode is sort of like my lack of awareness of a situation for myself where I was putting myself through all kinds of turmoil and I just didn't have the awareness of it. Yeah. Once I had the awareness, it was like, what? Yeah. I need change. And it's, I think it's science can do that too. It leads to an awareness. It leads to an understanding that can help us put it, help put us on a better course. It doesn't always, it's not a panacea. It's not a guarantee, yeah. but man, I sure would rather have, you know, better and more information than worse and less information and yeah and have that awareness to be able to shift course and so it sounds like this is how you get to love your life is by living with alignment with your values and belief once you become aware and how how we do even though we fly planes and we use electricity and we do all these things this awareness and this knowledge and this conscious pivoting that you do is this working with companies to help make the small changes to make life better for people on coastlines is how how you are aligning your values and beliefs. Yeah, it's just sort of nudging myself and nudging the world in positive directions because it's, I mean, you know, it's really hard to convince somebody to do to, to just do a 180 turn on something. And so yeah. we try to we try to nudge people. We try to understand, like in, in my field of consulting, climate change consulting, we try to understand what it is that they're trying to do, what their business is trying to achieve, and sort of, you know, work within that and then nudge them to think about, well, how can your business be more successful in the face of climate change? Um, not asking them to like do a pivot or to you know if they're you know making bread to make you know candy or whatever i don't know just yeah. like no just sort of just nudging and it's yeah. it's nudging through increased yeah. awareness and, and so it's actually pretty easy um when we approach it that way when we're not sort of um trying to do everything all at once and i feel like life is that way too you know i think if we can kind of chunk out life and 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 think maybe not about like what that goal is like 20 years down the down the road or like if if i'm doing like some big epic adventure not worrying about like you know and it's 10 a.m and worrying about where i'm going to be at midnight you know like a whole bunch of hours later but just being present in that moment and then figuring out how i can make the best possible decisions like what's the information that i have to to just improve my lot right now and yeah. just you know in the second ahead and just kind of think about it that way sometimes life be, is so much more manageable than if we're just thinking about like the finish line which we may not have a lot of control over ultimately anyway because there's so many hours between now and the now and the finish line. The only thing that I can control is what I do right now. I can't control the future me, you know? That's wonderful. And so I really like hearing that there are no limiting beliefs there and that you have cleared off those negativities that you had maybe in in the early days and that you 
although the camping sounded fabulous as part of your career goals maybe you're doing that in your personal life rather than um than the geology well fabulous story and your career sounds incredible and you're doing some true good in the world peter it's a privilege to have heard the story and i can see why you love your life and it's part of the true grit that you really possess so thank you very much for sharing it and of course you have more stories to share with us so i can't wait to hear three and four we'll look forward to that in a week three and four of your four stories so we'll look forward to it an amazing story from you to hear what your work is so thank you very much for joining us yet again and we'll look forward to hearing from you soon this is only part of our story to hear the rest leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.